Hello, and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. Just to let you know, that is our custom soundtrack made from Lee Pence, and you can find him at LeePence.net. That is called Johnny's Got a Girlfriend, and I love that song. And it gets me ready for this show every week, actually twice a week, because you can catch us here every Monday, 1 to 2 p.m., streaming live on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. And then our midweek podcast, which ranges from Wednesday to Friday, depending on our guest schedule. So, um... Follow us on YouTube, comment, follow us, Facebook. I've almost got 5,000 friends, which is the max I can have on Facebook. So just follow me so you don't miss any episodes. And um, also on all the podcast forums, so SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and so forth. iHeartRadio we just got approved for a couple weeks ago. So go to those uh, podcast forums, your favorite podcast forums, and, and listen in there or YouTube and watch. So today... We have my brother on the radio. If you watched last week on our promotion, we're going to be talking about his son. And his son, Scotland, who is 14 years old, has overcome asthma, overcome injuries, and actually gotten stronger during this COVID lockdown period. So, Shane, tell us a little bit about Scotty and just start when he was young about his um, asthma. Yeah, well, hey, thanks again for being on your show. And and Scotty couldn't join us today. He had a conflict. And so... I want to be in for him and and just get first of all a shout out to him. He's an amazing kid. He's my middle child for the boy, and so I have three boys, and he's the middle one. And he's fourteen. He's always struggled with immunological disorders. Actually, one of them being actually asthma, and he struggled with asthma, eczema, um, all kinds of congestion ever since he was born, and actually some other issues as well. And so he's always struggled with that. So he's had to go through the inhaler. Um, he also uses a daily, actually, I'm not sure if he uses it anymore. And we'll talk about how he's overcome some of his asthma. But Mato Lucas said, is that how you say that, Sean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Singular okay. is so, the brand name, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So very, very safe, very, I guess, conventional and been around for a long time as far as treatment that you can take daily and it's just a, in a pill form. So, and certainly he's, he's kept that in check that way, but when he's wrestles or does sports or anything, sometimes he'll have to take an inhaler. That's actually got better and better over the last few years. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but he's just an amazing kid. He really has, he's overcome a lot and he actually, I will actually go out on a limb and say this cause it won't hurt his feelings at all. Cause I tell him this, and he is actually probably the least gifted of all my children. Yeah. Not academically. Not athletically either? Or? No, not athletically, not physically. He's always, always had issues. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I get it, kid. man. I get it when it's our kids and, and it's our and health. He, it gets very, very he's had emotional. Learning, dis- learning disabilities too. Yeah, he talked to me about that a couple weeks ago, and I had no idea he kept it pretty quiet. He does keep it quiet. And I always told him, I did a lot of research on it, and of course in our society, they all wanted him to be a victim. They wanted us to put him in special schools, in special classes, get all kinds of help for him, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, that's the gift that God has given him. That's what he's been given, and I knew that he would have to overcome and work harder than anybody else, and it would, in the end... Obviously, right. having to work that hard does give them a lot of courage and hope oh, for man. the future. So, that's you guys a- have seen that in the last couple of years, especially for the sure. confidence that he has. It. So, yep. 
I just kept encouraging him and all the people that surrounded him kept encouraging him and said, no, you're not going to be a victim, buddy. You are going to have to overcome this. You're going to have to work harder than anybody else. And it does, it causes me great emotion because I always told him that he would be the most successful person of all my kids if he continued to work hard because nothing comes naturally to him. Well, and the interesting thing is, as I've seen with him, is he is, out of all your kids, and all your your kids are great. I have great kids. All my kids are great. But I will tell you with Scotty, when I've been teaching him how to mountain bike, he pays attention, and he listens, and he is so coachable. Yeah. And he will tell you, hey, that really worked, Uncle Sean. And he tries it. And I, you know, watching him work on the mountain bike has just been so... It's cool to see him progress, and yeah. um, he's just getting so much more confidence as he as he reaches adolescence and goes through puberty. So he's always so he struggled with asthma. He struggled with learning disabilities. It's not ADHD, but how his eyes and his brain functioned were always kind of backwards. Not, not ADHD, dyslexia. It's not dyslexia, dyslexia. Right. Yeah, but it's not that. It was something different. But I, even when I would when I was his coach as a wrestling coach, I would coach him. He would he would always do moves backwards. I thought it was the strangest thing. And of course they want us to put him in special classes and all this kind of stuff. I said, no, no way. Yeah. How he, his spelling is not good. How he writes is not good. Neither is mine, by the way, but, but Nor mine. of course they wanted, you know, yeah, they wanted special classes for him. And I just said, you're just going to work harder, bud. you're just going to work twice as hard. And I, I just reading the literature, I knew that it's not the gifts naturally that we're given that matters. It's how hard we work. And so I always knew he'd overcome that. And I'm, I haven't really seen it until about the last year. And you and Janet, you know, both Sean and Janet, you guys have been really good about saying how much confidence he's gained in the last year and how my kids have just developed so much in the last year. And I've seen it. And I mean, I get texts and emails and um, conversations from people all the time say, I can't believe how different your kids are in the last year. And I'm just, I'm really proud of that. And Scotty's part of that, Scotty and Finney, but a lot of that has to do with how much he's had to overcome. And so I want to get to that story. So he's had asthma and it used to be worse than it is now. And as I started studying diet and what you eat, what you put into your body, I realized that he was eating lots of processed foods, lots. I mean, that's basically what his, what his mother fed him. Um, and that's what was in the house. So there was lots of chips, there was lots of cookies and he loved that kind of stuff. Absolutely loved it. And I'm like, you know, son, I'm just not, and I started reading about how bad that is for your immune system and how it causes eczema, how it, it, it causes flare-ups with your immunological system. It can cause your asthma. And I don't know if it's a cause, but it's certainly a correlation. You guys or, a, tri- or a trigger or a trigger, a, a possibly. trigger, a right. trigger of some right. kind, right? I mean, it's your, when you're eating processed foods and you're eating whatever it is, maybe gluten or whatever it is, or whatever's in the processed foods. When you're eating that, it can cause your an immune response. And so he cleaned up his diet about a year ago. He cleaned up his diet a lot. And his eczema has diminished. His asthma has diminished. I'm not sure, maybe a couple of times during the year, during his wrestling season, he had to use an inhaler, but he didn't very often. And he, I don't think he uses it much at all anymore at all. Um, I think he still may take monolucoset um, every day or singular or whatever it's called. But I think that'll eventually, I, I think that's one of the things that he probably just takes it because he's used to it. I bet he doesn't have to anymore. And, but diet was been huge for him. And that what happened is then he started really, I, 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 you know, obviously I've been into lifting weights for a long, long time. My kids see me do that and I've done it with them. And 
I made a program for him in Finland. So Finland's 12, Scotty's 14. I made a program for them about a year ago. I said, well, if you, they, I, one of them came to me and said, hey, we need a program to start lifting. I'm like, okay. So I, I made up a, you know, a four-day program for them and, and um, said, do these exercises. And actually, I didn't really even show them how to do them. And, but kids nowadays can go to YouTube and, right. and usually learn quite <laughs> yep. a few things. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then what, when we got a home weightlifting set from in my garage during the quarantine, so we're getting back to the quarantine, then I would watch his form. I'd watch Finney's form and I would, I would actually clean it up a lot. And, and so he, he, he does perfect squats, perfect deadlifts, nearly um, bench press. He does all of them very, very well. And so, but what happened is he started feeling better. He started cleaning up his diet. So like in my house right now, and you know how I eat, Sean, um, we have a pantry. There's nothing in it. There's beef jerky and protein shakes. That's it. There's no uh, chips. There's no cereal. There's none of that. None of that at all. There is beef jerky. I can take a picture and show you that. And then in our refrigerator, it's all fresh stuff. And it's basically meat and some veggies and, and then some fruits as well. And so he started cleaning up his diet and all those things started reversing. And of course he started lifting and exercising and started seeing the changes. And I thought, great. So you've seen these changes during the end of wrestling season and then the quarantine hit. And I'm like, you know, that's really when the rubber meets the road for most people is like, are you going to quit? Or are you going to get better? Cause that's all the only two choices you have in life. When any situation comes to you, it's how you respond to it and what your attitude is like and what your effort's going to be like. Are you going to quit or get better? That's what I used to always tell my wrestlers and I still tell my kids that. You have two choices in any situation, quit or get better. And I thought, this is not going to be good because he's going to lose all of his gains. He's going to eat like crud, whatever it is. Well, I didn't, I didn't stock my house with anything else. And of course, they saw me set some challenges during the quarantine and I was, I was not going to I, it was a, it was an opportunity for me to actually get better. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know what you guys have noticed. And I, I'm, I'm just being very honest and out, out there. I have seen some people that I don't know, in two months gained 20 pounds. I mean, they went from working out all the time, eating well to, I'm sorry, they just looked unhealthy. I mean, it's, it was obesity. They went from maybe being overweight to then obese. And I did not want to do that. I did not want to be that example for my children. So I wanted to get better. And I wanted to get bigger and leaner. And, and, I, and I certainly did that. I was surprised. I didn't push my kids to do it. But Scotty's alarm would go off every single morning. He'd go off every single morning. He'd get up before me. And I'd be like, what's going on? And sure enough, he's out in the garage and he's training. And then he'd make himself some eggs and, you know, some breakfast. And just did a fantastic job. Did a really fantastic job. So he actually really got stronger, ate well during quarantine, and actually got in better shape. And I'm very, very proud of him. He, he actually won the bi-state championships. That's our middle school local thing in wrestling. And then about a week later, he had some kind of a weird accident where he jumped wrong on one leg, just kind of a freak thing. And, um, and he hurt himself. And it, that, again, that could have been an excuse to sit on the couch and eat potato chips. And he didn't. He kept training. And I told him, just be careful with it. I took him to some functional medicine people. And some people wanted to make it a bigger deal than it was. It wasn't. Sean, and you've had injuries. You've, you've, and you train around him. Like, isn't it true you've broken your wrist three times? Yeah. Yeah. And how yeah. many times did you go to the doctor? Well, once I 
was just seeing a doctor friend of mine, and she said she wanted me to get it x-rayed. And, yeah, they confirmed it was broke. <laughs> but did you but have I, to do anything to it? But it healed itself, correct? Well, yeah, I put myself in a brace, and I kind of took some rest on it. And then, you know, it healed itself all three times. When they saw the x-ray, they saw that there were two old breaks in it. You know, twice mountain biking, once snowboarding. Interesting. And, yeah. Now, you know, so my our, son, our, Shawn Michael also, my oldest son, also broke his wrist snowboarding on – on a mission ridge but when he broke his wrist it was like this i mean he couldn't yeah. he, he couldn't move it so you know right. we did seek medical attention then but um our bodies are created amazing to heal themselves um and uh, you know a lot of people just over utilize the healthcare system and in in a lot of ways i think they put too much pressure on doctors i was discussing this with a with a friend of mine who works with a lot of doctors and you know, people just expect doctors to, to just work miracles with their bodies. Okay, so wait a minute. You're 150 pounds overweight, and you want me to fix your diabetes? I mean, in some ways, <laughs> people should really be embarrassed of themselves or ashamed of themselves for asking a, so much of the doctor. And a lot yeah. of those people know what's wrong with them, you know. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of doctors won't be honest with them and say, hey, you know what? If you lost 100 and some pounds, you know, you, you know most of your issues would go away. So... Well, I was I had a podcast this morning and I uh, great podcast by the way I listened in and it well, was a great thanks. podcast the, I shared it and the the practitioner is a functional medicine guy and he gets people off of their diabetic medications and everything and they're they're difficult conversations but I I love courageous doctors like that that actually say you know what uh, you need to lose weight that's what these doctors used to say thirty years ago yeah I mean but but nobody has the guts anymore now let me get to that because you say they put too much pressure on doctors I agree Sean but I'm going to talk about this. As a parent, and as a parent with four children who luckily are very, very healthy, they all have their own health issues, by the way, but I call them healthy because it's their responsibility and they take care of themselves, okay? But we live in a society as parents, even as children, and as single individuals that we get attention for being a victim. And being a victim means that you're overweight. Being a victim means, oh, I have a slow metabolism. Being a victim means, oh, well, I, yeah, I am obese, but somebody else can take care of me. Or, or, vic- or I'm obese because I had an injury, and now all of a sudden I just can't lose weight. That's right. That's and Scott, right. You didn't but let Scotty do that, right? No, and I want to get to that because one of the functional medicine people that I, is a good friend of mine that I was talking to told me this, that he sees a lot of parents that want their children to be victims. They want their children to be part of that system where they're going to be taken care of, where somebody else is responsible for their health. They make bigger deals. I, I don't know if it's always to this level, but you guys can look it up. I'm sure Janet and Sean, you've heard of this. It, it can. I don't know if it's to this level all the time, but it's called Munchauser syndrome by proxy, where parents actually want their kids to be unhealthy because you know why? It gives the parent attention. Oh, for sure. It's disgusting and yeah. it's abuse. It is absolutely abuse, but people don't see it. What's, what's that? What's that term again? You used Monchauser syndrome by proxy. Interesting. I have not heard of that. Thank you for letting oh, us, yeah. letting our listeners oh, yeah. and viewers go, know go about look that. Look it up, and I don't think it, it's all levels of that, but there are. You certainly, you and Sean and Janet, you but you both know parents that like to their attention from their kids that gets them from either they have a broken bone or they have diabetes or they have some condition. Maybe it's even celiac disease or Crohn's or whatever, and they, they want attention from it. And it, it, it is absolutely abuse. 
You are what you're Absolutely. doing to your child to it put is. them in a victim box is going to affect them for the rest of your life of their lives. And it is selfish. It is not self-sacrificing. It is selfish. Yeah. It is selfish and it is emotional abuse to your child. It's well, it's, physical abuse too. It is physical really? abuse. It yeah. absolutely is because you're not letting them get healthy. So Scotty just chose to work out. I mean, he just chose to eat well and work out. His asthma is totally under control. I think one of these days he'll probably go off all of his medications, to be honest. I, I still see him put lotion on his on some of his body parts because he's used to it, but he doesn't have the eczema like he used to. And, it, it's um, amazing how – and, you know – Part of the reason he kept lifting during COVID lockdown, it does give a good excuse to maybe stop lifting um, or people use it as an excuse to stop eating well or to stop exercising. But, you know, once you start feeling better, why would you want to go back, especially with those diseases? But we are so conditioned in our healthcare system. You know, you spoke of some diseases. I think you said Crohn's. Maybe you said ulcerative colitis. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, those are all you know, possibly immune-related diseases, and we know that, and we know asthma is, we know probably, um, um, you know, psoriasis, eczema probably is, and if you can change, you know, we're so used to going to a doctor and they prescribing, and these drugs for those kind of conditions now, I mean, they're three or $4,000 a month. I mean, it's ridiculous, and we wonder why healthcare is expensive, when in reality, a lot of those diseases, yes, Yes, though it can be fixed by diet. I know we've talked about over and over again how we can change, we can fix your diseases like high cholesterol and high blood pressure, um, diabetes with diet. But yes, skin issues. We had a gal on our podcast last week, last Monday. She had rosacea, and um, yeah. she changed her diet. The rosacea yeah. goes away. <laughs> not a surprise. We really shouldn't surprise be surprised. No. I mean, you know, many many I years ago. I can usually tell when it when a, I mean, the, I mean, is it surprised? We knew this is when we were in, when we were teenagers. We knew when we ate like crap, we would break out. Okay. Yeah. There's that's no, true. Still adults like that. Yeah. Why would rosacea be any different? Right. Why would right. any skin condition be any different? Is your body saying you just put something in me toxic, and I'm now going to break out, and that's that's actually going to be the inflammation that that you actually see externally? So right. I, usually you can, well, here's what here's what you know. Okay. Usually when you see an obese person and an overweight person, and I want you to know, yes, we talk about this a lot. Obesity should not be something that um, you think is a negative term that I'm using. It is a fact. Okay. It, we don't look at it bad when we call somebody lean or skinny. So why should we look at it when we, we call somebody fat or obese? These are just facts. They're easy to measure. They're simple to measure. We have to stop saying that being fat is okay and being um, obese is okay. It's not. That is killing our society. 63% of Americans are actually overweight or obese. That is, this is not sustainable. So, my, but I can always t you look at an obese person or a fat person, look at their complexion. Yeah. It, it is sure. never good. No, it's never good. Never is a strong word. But okay, you're you're correct. It's yeah. rarely, rarely you don't yep. see the glow in it that you actually that you actually could if and, they were eating correctly. Right, and if it was if they had lost weight, it would be better for sure. Oh yeah, less yeah. insulin resistance, so on and so forth. So Scotty has this has this injury. So not only does he overcome asthma, he decides during the quarantine, hey, he's not going to sit on the couch and just eat potato chips. He has this injury that he that um, of course he can't he get him at your, he can't get him at your house. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to buy him with his own money, I highly, highly tell him that I can make a choice and not let him buy chips. But when I say, sure, you can go buy him with your own money, 
he has to make a conscious decision. And just need to walk to town. Or ride his bike. (laughs) Right, right. Absolutely. I've done that before. <laughs> Why not? We didn't get chips at the store. And I said, well, you can go back and get them with, with on your bike, but it's nighttime. You can go back and get them on your bike. So we went back and got him on his bike and paid with him his own money. And I don't think he's bought chips since, by, by nope. the way. <laughs> the consequences. Right, right. I, I have very nutritious, highly nutrition density food in my house. I mean, meat, veggies, there is no lack of anything in my house. And the kids never, eggs. Kids never starve, believe me. And so, um, but so he chose to work out. He chose to eat healthy, but he had this injury that actually was to a point where he couldn't even jump or run. And so this would have been about mid-March or so, something like that. And I could watch him limp around a little bit. And, you know, I, I looked at his mobility. I took him to a functional doctor that also looked at his mobility in there. He's like, look, this is not a big deal. This is going to heal itself. He, I don't know the things that he did exactly. I can't remember the terms, but I watched him do it. You know, this functional doctor and he moved his leg every which way. There was no major pain. There was no excruciating. He could walk. Was he limping? Yes. And he, and he just said, I see this all the time. He's going to heal. It's just soft tissue damage and he's going to get over it. And so what's the best way to get over, you know, you know, soft tissue damage? Well, exercise. Well, and eat well. And eat well. Eat well. <laughs> you, you need lots of protein, collagen, collagen yeah. especially to to repair yeah. soft tissue, and yeah. of course the most important thing, sleep, recover. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and and that does not mean that you sleep during the day and you're up all night. And I get it. People that are shift workers kind of have to do that. But our yeah. bodies are diurnal, so that means you should be in bed by ten or eleven, and you should be up by six, six, seven, or eight. Okay. And if you think that your body is good because, well, I like going to bed at 2 o'clock at night. Okay, fine. And getting up at noon. Okay, fine. But that's not what the rest of the world does, and that's not what our body's made for. So people, teach your kids good sleeping habits. I they will you. follow that's your good. habits. That's a good point. And I, I actually tell Scotty and Finney that, you know, that, you know, we have to have good sleep habits. Because even in the summer, you know, you might get an, an extra hour at night or you might be able to sleep in a little bit. But no. You're going to be, you're going to be on those normal working hours where there's daylight. I mean, because that's what our bodies are used to. And, and you do see that you see that with people that are shift workers. Um, now you can control it with diet and, and really recovery and so on and so forth. But you see that they don't, re- they, they actually do have more visceral fat and they are easily more obese. Oh, and so absolutely. And, it's, and, and, and they're a lot more catabolic. They have osteoporosis. They have yes. a lot of other conditions, um, immunological conditions. They have higher cortisol levels because their cortisols are high all night long and they try to sleep during the day, but we can't sleep very well during the day. So absolutely. We see, we see it all the time in our pharmacy with shift workers. So, yeah. So he eaten well during the quarantine. He's still training. He's still getting up in the mornings. And then um, a, a good friend of mine, I'm going to have him on my podcast. He's actually a power lifter and is also a downhill mountain biker. Um, and he, he helped me set some Idaho state records last year. He was my powerlifting coach last year in August when we went to Boise and I set some records. I'm very thankful for that. It was just a fun time. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. And so then he started a, a, a class for training youth. Um, oh, I don't know, June, June-ish, something like that. And Scotty joined up in the class. And I told, you know, Travis, hey, he's got some issues with his back, but it's not a big deal and so on and so forth. And so Scotty just kept training through it. And Scotty was taking about weekly physical therapy, which I think, I think physical ther- therapy can help. Don't get me wrong. 
don't get me wrong. I've got other stories on that. Good physical therapy is going to the gym and weightlifting. I mean, it really is. Oh, it, for sure. I've, I, absolutely. And this I've does not take any way, thing away from physical therapists, but absolutely. I think it's a very, very personal thing. Let me tell you, when Jordan is in the hospital, Jordan, Janet, why don't you tell that story about the physical therapy story when Jordan's in the this, hospital? This is a good story. I want to hear it. <laughs> well, um, just, you know, right. for our viewers that don't, viewers and listeners that don't know Jordan, kind of explain him a little bit. Well, Jordan had just um, had uh, major surgery done on his leg because he had broken it. Um, and, when a we compound to, fracture. Right. Compound yeah. fracture in his tibia. And he um, met with his surgeon, and this is four days out from the surgery, and the doctor asked him if he was interested in physical therapy. And, and Jordan declined, but he did ask what uh, the surgeon expected for a positive outcome, like, <laughs> right, yeah. like what he needed to do. And <laughs> from there, you know, he, he just was logical, you know. Physical therapy is very individualized, and it should be, because yeah. not every person has the same um, body type, the same age, the same needs. So, you know, there, there's a lot of considerations that need to be looked at, and I think common sense prevails in those situations, you know, not to overdo something to cause more injury, but also not doing anything would be just as bad in, in, in yeah. Jordan's mind. Well, and well, it's, it, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that. Cause one of the things that we did, we did that like Jordan, when I was with at the, um, we, we went to check things out. We wanted to get, get opinions and that's what Jordan was getting. So my question to the doctor was, what are his limitations? Right. And they said, none. Okay. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. In other words, are you going to make this injury worse? You know, and so, we, we, you know, we, we got several different and I, and I know training enough. I've been doing it for long enough to know what you should push through and what certain exercises you should mm -hmm. do and what you sure. can't. But the doctors like, there's no limitations. Right. And your body tells you when it's really, really sore. And you have to learn that as an athlete. And I mean, as anybody who's training, you have to learn what is pain due to injury and what is pain due to progressive resistance and I'm getting better. And that's, that's what my body actually needs is stimulation. And so, and that's what you learn and you can learn at a very young age. It's harder at a young age because you have to get that through experience. But once we knew Scotty had no limitations, he signed up for this class with my uh, friend and, and trainer, who's just awesome at training the youth. And he is really onto something. That's really what he's going to focus on is training the youth. And that is something that we really need. And so Scotty starts out and starts doing deadlifts and he actually went to the physical therapist and they had him do some kettlebell deadlifts or something. And I mean, I was very proud of him. So they squat down because they wanted to see what his limitations were. Yeah. So he squats down and picks up this kettlebell and does a, a minus or a deadlift. And the physical therapist <laughs> looked at him and says, obviously you've done these before. Right. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. And then, you know, of course the trainer sees it too. The trainer has seen, I mean, he's been around lifting his whole life. He's seen me. If he hasn't done it with me, he's watched me do it. And I help him with his form all the time. And so um, the trainer actually just told me the other day, they said, you know, um, Scotty's advanced enough where we need to probably bump him up an age group into the advanced age group. Scotty doesn't want to because his friends are in the other age of group. Course, yeah. But um, anyway, I was just really, he says his form's great and he's just, he's learned that and he's practiced it and he looks for it and he likes it. And especially like you said earlier, Sean, when you see, when you feel better and yes, I, I want to, I want this to be important to people. 
when you start looking better. I, I was just going to say that is so important. Don't call nope. it vain. Don't call it selfish. It is what Absolutely it is. Not. And especially Absolutely. when you're a 14-year-old boy or a 14-year-old girl and you it's start hard. looking better, it means the difference of the world. Yes. I mean, it, it is, is. Yeah. You don't, wanna, need, I, you don't need Prozac anymore. You you don't no. need antidepressants. You you need you need to lift weights and exercise and start looking yeah. better. And that is Progressive the most resistance. right. And that is the most motivating thing for us mentally. So I'm going to have actually on my podcast in, a, in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to have actually a male and a female separately, and we're going to be talking about eating disorders. I think this is important, okay? Because we're told that you should love what you look like, and I don't have the right answer to this because I'm not a psychologist, okay? Yes, you should love what you look like, but you should also know what healthy looks like. Anorexic is not healthy and obese is not healthy. And also, by the way, normal in the United States is not healthy. Normal in the United States is fat. Okay. I mean, seriously, if you're, if you're a youth, you're in high school and you pull up your shirt and you can't see your abdominal muscles as a male. Yeah. You better fix it. That's right. You absolutely. Uh, every, fix it. every male in high school should have ripped abs. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm talking, you should be in single digit um, body fat numbers. Correct. Absolutely. absolutely. And if you're, you're going to perform better, you're going to, and I've watched Scotty transition into that. And of course he's 14. He's got lots of testosterone going. He's got other, you know, I'm sure he's thinking about girls and friends and what he looks like. But in his last session last week, actually, he actually deadlifted. So he weighs about 140. And he deadlifted 285 pounds right off the him. ground for one rep maximum. I, I mean, that's twice his body weight. And I get, I know for a fact, people in that, in that room that are in the two hundreds weighing the two hundreds and they can't do that. And so it's very, very, I know adults that can't do that by the way. Oh, for so, sure. <laughs> I know adult males that can't do Shane, that. There are adults that weigh 300 pounds that can't deadlift 280. <laughs> yeah. They can't deadlift their weight. You know, right. They can't absolutely deadlift their body weight, which yeah, let alone let alone bench press their weight, which you know that should every, be that should be an easy goal actually. Very easy goal. All of those should be body body weight numbers. And so he just getting getting stronger and stronger. And now, like you said, he's he you know he does downhill mountain biking. He just loves to be active. Um, we're going to be really active this week, doing lots of different things. And and um, he just he just didn't make excuses. And I think a lot of it has to do with the mindset that he was given from a young age that he was not allowed to be a victim. Neither were any of my kids. They were not allowed to be victims. No matter who wanted them to be a victim, I was not going to let them be a victim. When you stay in that victim box, you are going to be bound for failure and you're going to have to rely on other people. And so that he just got healthy because of his own choice, his own choice to have a never be outworked mindset and to really say, hey, this is this is for me. This is my choice. And I, I didn't push him into lifting. Of course, I'll always lift with them if they want. Um, I'll show them things. And, and my kids ask me that once in a while. When, when they come to me for nutrition advice, they come to me for lifting advice. Your kids come to me for nutrition and lifting advice. And so it, it's really cool to be surrounded by people that you can ask those questions to. And well, so, and, and we, we, we talk about this a lot in the radio show. And the whole thing about that is, is it's, it's proximity principle. And, you know, your kids saw you lift. Um, your kids see me active and maybe not lift, although I do, um, different than you though, but you know, and you surround your kids with healthy people, surround yourself with healthy people that are active, that eat healthy. Guess what? Um, 
the kids will probably be more inclined to make that choice. Janet, what do you think about that? Well, I think as a parent, it's our job to give our kids the, the tools and the proper tools. And if I reflect on my childhood, um, man, we were always outside. We were always busy and having activities. And, you know, many times it was just understood you'd be home when dinner was on the table. Um, because you were out the door when it was early in the day. And, and yeah, we had chores on a farm, and, and we had things that we had um, required to do. But the mindset was, um, hey, you know, I, I'm going to go ride my bike down the road today and meet my friend, and I'm going to go do this. And so we were very um, activity-orientated growing up. And honestly, until we um, got into college, I had very few friends that had issues with too much weight. Um, there was a few girls that had anorexia growing up, which was hard um, and sad, but, I mean, they lived through it. But um, I think we were blessed with the fact that our parents expected us to be either out riding our bike or, or doing something. Um, so I feel as a parent, it is our job to give our kids tools and to encourage them, but it is their job to decide what activity they they like because it, it it's something hopefully that they can take throughout their whole life. Um, bodybuilding or, or lifting weights, for example, is something you know that you can do that for your whole entire life if you want to ride your bike or if you want to walk or whatever activities you are asking yourself to do. I mean, these are things they have to decide for themselves, but you give them the toolbox. They, they do. And I like that, giving them the toolbox. And, and, and you, you talked about that is our job as a parent because, Janet, that's not what society thinks nowadays. And I'm going to actually ha be talking about that on my podcast, too, about parenting and relationships and stuff coming up. But our society just um, – I think they think it's actually, let's see, virtue signaling if you give your, your child everything and you're like you're a friend to them. You're not giving them direction. You just let them do what they want. So I want to be very careful when we say it's their choice. Yes, kind of. This is what I tell my kids. And it's, I can see that it's working with them now. Yeah, it's your choice, but I can tell you to do it if I want to. Absolutely. So there can, be, there can be a hard way to do this. There can be an easy way to do this. Because let's just be honest. If we let a 13 or a 14-year-old decide what they're going to do every single day, they're going to be in front of a video game. Or at this, and I'm, I'm going to be very direct here. Or on the extreme case, they're going to be at the skate, skate park hanging out with the wrong people and smoking weed. And that's yep. what their choice. And, and some may, hey, if that's your parenting approach, then you go for it. But also don't think that it's, it's a, a more disciplined approach where you're actually guiding your children and giving them expectations and boundaries, which are very healthy. Boundaries define relationships. Don't think that that's actually in, any worse off. And so I think that's what they need to be in society. So yet it's their choice, but we have to direct them in the right ways and, and, and what the expectations are. And you said your parents expected something, Jen. And I, and I want to talk about activity there. And I think Sean and I talked about this before. You talked about how you guys were always outside. Now, here's the number one thing. I've heard this excuse from a lot of people. Well, I've got a back injury, so I can't work out. So <laughs> right, that's why I'm right. overweight. Well, right. I got a knee injury, right. you know, from football from 1981. So I, you laugh, but Sean, you've heard it before. I know, I right? know. So it's an excuse to not be healthy. Here's the deal with activity, okay? Because some people say, well, I can't lift weights. I disagree with that, but you can, you just don't want to right. because there's certain things. you. I actually have a bodybuilding friend he has some sort of a, a disease in his femur where he actually can't squat. 
They don't want him squatting, but he leg presses. The guy's a national champ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a national champ. He's 50 years old. He's, he's, a, he's a national champ in the lightweight division. Hey, I saw – I should have taken a video of it. I should have flagged the guy down. When I was in Idaho, I don't know if Idaho Falls or Boise the other day, I saw a one-legged guy riding a bike. No I'm, I'm not kidding you. And you know how grateful he is to probably be riding a bike? I, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Of course, I've so, seen so – how, how do you – I'm sure – he was he clipped, clipped in. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he's clipped in. I'm sure he's clipped in. Wow. And I, I, the kids and I had the most inspirational vision we've ever had one time when we were in Whistler. And there was this guy who was a paraplegic, paralyzed from the waist down. And that guy had a special wheelchair made for him that he could go down and send it down the mountain. He was going over jumps and everything. Oh, he he wow. used to be a mountain bike racer. So, and, are, are, so he was... So he was using it. So you're talking in the summer, he was doing mountain biking with wheelchair, basically. Yes. Yeah, so a special wheelchair. And they had to, oh, you know, they had to stop, they had to stop the wheelchair. They had to stop the lift and everything to put it on. And of course, everybody was very patient about it. And I wanted to see this guy go down the mountain. And I mean, he was hitting a line and some technical trails. And I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just, I high five the guy when he got to the bottom. I mean, it was wow. unbelievable. I mean, double black diamond trails. Unbelievable. Well, you know. let's talk about activity because you talked about it there, Janet. And I, I remember, you know, me and Sean growing up, we were active. We probably weren't as active as our, as our dad. I think it was just a generational thing. They, they didn't really even have TV. No, it's because our mom sat around all day and didn't ever go out of the house. That's probably why we weren't as active as it could have been. No, I, Sean, I think you're correct, by the uh, okay. way. Okay. I just checking. <laughs> That's yeah, that's really the truth, Shane. We got we that we dad, got that we, from our mom. Fortunately, our dad was a hard worker, super super hard worker. Got up early, um, went to bed early, and and worked all the time. So and but, he but stayed active. Yes, worked all the time, but also played. We'd go boating. Oh, I said get, he got up early. <laughs> he was up every day at six o'clock on Saturday. Actually, he worked night, so he just never went to bed until Saturday night. <laughs> I know, but we'd go motorcycle riding, do all that. Oh yeah, stuff. oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah, water so, skiing, all that. But what, yeah. why is it? Why is activity important? A lot of people say, well, yeah, because it, you know, basically they're making this assumption that it burns calories. No, I disagree. Because you can't. Well, that that is absolutely true. But I know where you're going yes, with this. But you can't work yourself out of a bad diet, and I've seen no. these diets. I've tried. Of, of these adolescents, these diets are horrible. I mean, it's potato chips and candy and um, Costco boxes of open, open foods and stuff like that. Just, it's not healthy. You're not going to work off that. Here's what, why activity is good. It gets you out of the house and away from food. Well, so yeah, here's what's interesting is that, so I had a mountain bike race over the weekend and I was practicing on Saturday. I can't remember. I think it was Friday, actually. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Friday. And anyway, it's really a long ways down to the village at Silver Mountain. Um, it's going to be at least an hour and a half out of your way to, to, to go down and try to get food. Um, and so I just, you know, I just ended up not even eating anything until, you know, dinner that night. And really, I thought about what you've said before is that if I wasn't doing activity, I would have been eating. And not just was I not burning calories, but I would have been eating, um, you know, and I, I lived just fine. I, I, you know, it didn't, it didn't starve me or anything. So, um, you're, you're right. The activity getting, getting out of the house, getting away from our unlimited food source. Let's face it. People, most of us at our house have an unlimited food source, a freezer and a pantry full of food. And even if it's healthy food, 
Or the McDonald's is just a drive drive through. Yes, that, unfortunately, that's a very big thing in our culture. Um, but I do. I, I'm going to interject just a little bit about the outdoors because if if you and, and I understand that you know we're different than our pets, but if your pet was sick, um, the vet would want your animal to be able to be in the outdoors if it's an outdoor animal, right? You don't keep it in the barn in the stall away from from sunlight and from the other animals when it's able to get out. So there is some, I believe, neurotransmitters, there's vitamin D, there's all kinds of things that help stimulate us that we, you know, maybe psychologists know the studies of it now, um, but there's more things that are happening besides just the food. And just think about how you feel after you've played outside during the day. I was just talking to our pharmacist, Rachel, that over the weekend we slept so much sounder because we were busy, we were active outside, so our rest was better. Your um, mentality of how your day went was better because you enjoyed the scenery or you enjoyed what you were doing. And kids need Um, from the time they're small, I think, to be exposed to being outside and playing. I mean, that is just part of what nature brings to our lives. There's something there besides just, you know, the playing. There's just that whole universe around us with nature brings forth some positive things. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And a lot of the research is coming out about vitamin D and how important that is and how a lot of people have been affected by it negatively because of the quarantine. And I, 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 so you're, you're dead on about that. And you know, there's this, I'm not saying to go out and tan yourself in the sun, but I am saying being active in the sun. And I'm, I really would like to see over the next 30 years, as we learn more and more about skin cancer what skin cancer is attributed to. And I think a lot of it's attributed to also to diet. And so if you eat, if you eat poorly and then you're in the sun, then you're, you're, you're more apt to have inflammation. I mean, we absolutely know Aboriginal societies that are in the sun all the time and they don't get skin cancer. Right. They don't now, get skin cancer. There's some debate about that. Why is that? Is that because I know. You know they have a higher concentration of melanin already, so they'll be able to protect themselves from it. And, you know, those of us with a northern European background, you know, don't have that because we traditionally didn't. I don't didn't, know. You know, I, I don't think we do know. I don't um, think we do know. And it'll be interesting yeah. to see. But, you, I mean, there's just a lot of research. If you re- read Wired to Eat, you read or you follow Carnivore MD online as well, um, Paul Saladino, he's actually from Seattle, Washington vitamin D is just, it, it's huge. And, you know, you think about our, you know, you think about Sean, when, when, you know, we're not active or we have an unlimited food supply and we sit around the house and we eat, well, you know why we do? Because that's how our bodies are designed. We're opportunistic eaters. We're, that's and, just because and, it used to be, it was feast or famine. Right. And we're we good never as, had an, it's only right. been really the last 50 years where we've had yeah. an unlimited food supply. You know, you, you even talk to our parents and it's yeah, like, 60, well, 50, there 60. was no pantry. There was no big pantries back in the, in, before the 1950s. There just, mm-hmm. there, 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 there wasn't. Well, so, I, I disagree with that. There was pantries because food had to be preserved, but the way Okay, so people, it's fresh food. It's, right, it's not crackers. It was stored. Right. <laughs> it was and stored it in a cellar. Right. right. And, and it was close to nature. It was what was grown in your backyard. And, exactly. And so, and that's a big difference. Right. And, and, you know, growing up, my parents didn't make us eat 
everything on our plate 100% of the time. But one of the things that they did teach us is that you need to have portion control. You know, there with yeah. six kids, you know, you got your portion and you learned what that was. And I think that's a huge thing in with kids growing up today is that we haven't learned when the signal when we're full. Yeah. Um, it, we need to teach them that, you know, drinking water is okay. We don't have to drink juice or milk at every, every um, moment that we're eating. I mean, there's a lot of differences there, but I think the pantry wasn't processed. It's certainly not. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, not. And, yeah. and it's, you know, speaking of getting full, it, it's easier to get full with, with whole foods than right. it is oh. junk food. I mean, I literally, one of the reasons we don't buy potato chips in our house, I could eat a whole bag. No problem. Anybody nope. could. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A whole box of Oreos, no problem. Yeah. Now, after that, I might puke, but I could definitely probably do it. Right. You yeah, know, so you think so, about it. How many servings are in a, in a bag of chips? 150 calories, probably eight? Per serving, probably eight or 10. Yeah. yeah. So you're 50, 1,500 calories. calories. Yeah. That is that's enough that's calories for most people's day. Yeah. That's a pound of meat. <laughs> nobody can eat a pound of meat at sitting. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say nobody. Um, Jordan well, okay. Jordan I, I, they're going to be full. <laughs> right. I can only yeah. handle eight. I can only handle 18 ounces, not six ounces at one sitting. And yeah, so, I, I can't handle 18. I can use only handle about 12 ounces max, and that's when I'm hungry. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, but I think what, what, we, what we see is, is activity is important, but it's about what we put into our diet. And I just seen, I've seen that with Scotty. I don't know. Do you guys have that picture of him deadlifting? Yeah, we do. Yeah, go ahead and put that up there, producer. Yeah. And that's my son. He's 14. That's him pulling 285 pounds at our local gym. Um, for one rep maximum. Hey, thank you, Coach Travis, very, very much. And that's, I, I suspect by August, um, after his next four-week training session, he'll be pulling over 300. I, I absolutely have Oh, yeah, him. being 14 years old, you bet. And I mean, I'll yeah. probably start working with him a little bit just to just to see um, if he wants help because um, there's some tricks and, and Travis has been helping him a lot as, as, as well. So, but that's him doing at about 140 pounds, doing 285 pounds. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's great, 14. Shane, that, yeah, 14, that's great that you have, you know, um, been a good role model for your kids and stayed healthy with eating and exercise. And I just think as parents, we, you know, we don't do enough of that. Um, and, and, you know, your sleep regimens, I know, Shane, your kids' sleep regimens have really changed a lot over the last few years. And oh. Right. And, you know, it's not, it's not you know okay. How, it's not you know okay to – changes their attitude? Yeah, of oh. course. And it's not okay to sleep until 11 all the time or, or hardly ever. It's not okay. And it's not okay to stay up till two or three o'clock in the morning playing video games. I mean, you might think that's normal. That doesn't mean it's okay. Right. You know, Again, I mean, what, it's, what we think, what normal in the, in our society is not necessarily good. Right. Right. I yeah. mean, you know, how many of those people that do have habits like that are also obese? I mean, right. so you have to really, you know, we have to be good role models as parents and you've definitely done that Shane. Now, does Scotty have long arms? He's the one of the the lankier ones of my children, so, so he should be a good, yeah. He should be a good deadlifter. Oh, he, he will be a good deadlifter. Yeah, really, yeah. You think he could ever deadlift really, six hundred? Um. So you know, let's. Say, I'm, I'm doing a calculation. So if you do the calculation, <laughs> I'm just um, thinking because he's only fourteen. No, I'm doing. The I mean, he could be dead, deadlifting five hundred by the time he's eighteen. Yeah, that's possible. I'm trying to think of how much he he weighs and how much he will weigh. So if you do any calculation on any deadlifting. Man can only um, deadlift 2.75 times their body weight. So let's just do three, three times body weight. He'll okay, probably so end up, he might end up. 200. I think he'll probably be a 200 pounder. 
Is he is Which he two hundred? Is he is he taller than you yet? Uh, yeah, he is now. He's one inch taller than me. Okay, so, so he might be six. Will he ever be six foot? You think he might? Uh, when your kids? I doubt it. So I don't maybe. know. He might depend on how lean he stays. He might not hit. I'm, I'm going to guess he'll be 5'10", 200. Yeah. Um, and in, in the single digit range, maybe five ten, two ten, if he keeps lifting and staying big. Um, depending on how much muscle mass he puts on. So what is that? Two point seven five times that. That's almost six hundred. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, if, if you need to look at the big deadlifters, you know, the monsters, you know, the um, guys that, that deadlift 1200, they, they weigh, weigh 350. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I've and seen so, those guys. I was at a powerlifting event one time with a guy that squatted almost a thousand, but he weighed darn near 400 or more. Most of those guys do weigh for it. And, and they're yeah. about six, five, six, six. I mean, yeah, seriously, guys. they make Mr. Olympia look small. Oh I've yeah. Yeah. Them, yeah. I've those seen them side by side with, Mr. Olympia, and they, and they make them look small. Powerlifters are the biggest guys on the planet, man. Those guys are freaks for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they can, they I'm going to interrupt forward. you guys and get back to one of the reasons Scotty's doing so well with his inflammation. And we talked about food, but sleep and rest is huge yeah. because he's growing. And yeah. um, his uh, body is surging with all kinds of hormones right now. And so for him to keep his cortisol levels in check and not be inflamed, that's how he's healing. That's how he's growing because he's getting a regular schedule and his melatonin at, at night is right. So he can wake up and set that alarm and get up and go out and do the things he needs to do. So the pattern of going to sleep and having healthy sleep habits not watching TV for hours before going to sleep, um, the blue light they talk about now with the phones and yeah. computers and things like that. So there's some other things that Scotty's doing very well. You're correct. And, you know, I, I do guide him on those things that um, I actually don't, even on, you know, even during summer vacation, so to speak, I don't let my kids sleep in past nine. And they, they once I, I had that boundary with them, I, it may even be eight. I've got it written down. I don't know. And they understand it more than I do. They know my rules more than, more than I do. And by the way, parents, it's okay to have rules. It's okay to have expectations. Kids want rules. Kids want rules. (laughs) We all want rules. We all want guidance and expectations. It means you love them. By the way, when you set expectations and you set rules and boundaries for your children, it means you love them and they will feel that love. And And you're saying, you are setting them up for success because we live in a world with rules. So if you want to continue to let your kids eat all they want, sleep all they want, not be on any schedule, then you are enabling them to not be successful. And if you wonder why they go from job after job after job and they're not successful, that's probably why. Maybe you're part of the blame. Yeah. No, it's true. And parents need to take responsibility on that. So they get up. They're usually, you know, up by eight, you know, never really sleeping in. And and they, they just don't have really any bad habits. I mean, there's a lot of things I do do in my house that maybe other people don't. But I, you know, I have no alcohol in my house. And obviously, I don't have any bad habits. I don't do any drugs. I don't, I don't smoke or any, any of that. No alcohol in my house. My kids have, I doubt Scotty and Finney have ever seen me drink one drink. I doubt it. And those are, those are big deals to me. And I talk to them about that. And so I talk to them about that, like you say, Sean, and you do too, Janet, that there is no, no amount of alcohol that is safe for you. It it's is a poison. All poison. It's a poison. It is, it is all a poison. poison. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it, it, those are really good habits to teach your, teach your children. And, you know, I don't hide it from them. You know, I just don't have it. 
I don't, luckily those aren't any bad habits that I have. And so they are on a really, really healthy schedule. And I'm really, really proud of all my kids and they're very healthy mentally, emotionally, and, and, and physically. And so, and what's really good about you guys see this having multiple children is, is when one starts to get good habits, then the other ones do too, especially if the yeah, other one's older, for sure. you know, they're going to look up to him and think, I mean, they're going to, you know, fit, you know, Scotty's little brother, Finney is going to be like, Oh, I want to be like Scotty. Oh yeah. He's looking good. He's looking big. He's strong. And, you know, and um, he's eating healthy and I want to be like him. And I think that's really, really good. And, and kids should want to be like their parents. And that's usually what we see is kids are like their parents. So when you see unhealthy parents, you usually see unhealthy children. And it's really, yeah, that, that, that's true. That, that's why the real pandemic in this country is obesity because we've lived in a generation, mine and yours generation, where there's a lot of obese parents. And, you know, you look at our grandparents' generation and that wasn't necessarily the case. So, but now those obese parents are having obese children. I mean, it's amazing. It's so sad to see, you know, a typical high school class now or you go down to the aquatic center or a, or a water park sometime and look at the little kids that are playing. I mean, when 50% of them are over, are obese at the age of, you know, 15. I mean, that, that is just very, very sad. And that's the real pandemic. A lot, lot of them actually have high blood glucose or at least pre-diabetes. And oh, there's no such thing as pre-diabetes. It either isn't or it isn't. And if you're pre-diabetic, <laughs> if you're pre-diabetic, you're diabetic. Right. You're right. I mean, you're, yeah. you are diabetic. I mean, and, and you know what? Put the carbs down. Okay. There, yeah. If you're pre-diabetic, you're diabetic. Just wake up in the mirror and realize that you need to change your habits now, or yeah. lose your eyesight and lose your kidneys. You can just you can pick. So you know, Sean <laughs> and, and I feet. do have to make a disclaimer. We we had clean up our act for um, sure. So you know, parents out there, don't feel like we are, you know, throwing the darts at you because um, our youngest child had to um, overcome obesity. He had to lose what forty pounds. Um, well, yeah, and he was, was growing. He was growing too. So. Um, so, but you know, it all came down to setting an example for him and helping him with the tools that he needed to have. And you know, luckily, he made those changes um, because it worked out for his dad. He saw those examples. Um, but you know, we're not. Um, you know, I, I'm not being hypocritical towards other parents because as parents, Sean and I have made mistakes too. Um, we just loved our children and decided that we needed to make changes in our household, and it worked. And um, kudos to our boys for, for following that example and, and listening and um, taking advice from their uncle and other people in their lives about how to be healthy. Well, that, that's a good point, Janet. Sometimes I, I get pretty dogmatic on these kind of things, and it's, it's true. It's not, it's not easy to do these things, but it's, I just hope that parents could understand that it's, it's, it's necessary. It's necessary to know that it is okay to tell your children no. Sure. It's okay to tell them that. And you know what? It's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, you're going to tell them, no, you can't go to your friend's house or no, you can't eat that. No, you know, that's some of the things that I've done is, you know, we'll be at the grocery store and we'll have a list and we'll get everything on there and some of the things and then they'll have some impulse buys. They're like, well, I want to buy this. I'm like, okay, you can buy it with your own money. They always choose not to. They, they almost, I mean, it's a really good one. They're like, can I, can I have these donuts? Yeah, with your own money. They automatically I know. And, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, we're laughing about this and, and you know, and we had a podcast. We had a guy on the podcast um, 
a few months ago that talked about this, is that parents that allow their kids to eat those things or they buy them those things, the sodas, the donuts, they think they're doing it out of love. They think they're doing their kid a favor. But in, in actuality, you're not setting boundaries, you're not setting a good example, and you are enabling their bad habits. That's right. And, and unfortunately, some parents never make their, their kids grow up, and they enable right. that year after year as adults. And, the, you know, the problem with bad habits you guys talk about, and it's true, is one bad habit turns into another bad habit. Well, as you not only that, but it starts with donuts, but then it ends up with a car. So then, you know, right. you've got a kid that buys a car they can't afford or, you know, they, they buy things they can't afford because well, – No, but they didn't know. It, it's even – I think it's even more extreme than that, Sean, and then it ends up in alcohol. Then it ends up when you're smoking weed. Then it ends up in, you know, oh, I'm addicted to video games. There's, uh, there's, there's no boundaries and discipline right. in your life. And no so self-control. What, what discipline actually does is the opposite of what most people think it does. Discipline creates freedom in your life. Discipline, oh, yeah. the ultimate discipline will create freedom in your life. It does, it's not a boundary. It's a boundary you put on yourself that then makes boundaries that you have no limits because then you will be – you're so disciplined. You don't want to do any of the bad things, but you have the ability to do anything you want. Yeah, that's right. It's, that's right. You know, it can be a really, really cool feeling. And so discipline is actually a really, really good thing that I don't think we see enough of anymore. But I just can't be more proud of Scotty, and I just I, – I'm, I'm excited to see his development in this. They have another class that's going to start in early August. Um, and we got some really cool things going on this week as well, but they have another class that's going to start in August for weightlifting. He's going to, I'm sure he's going to kill it in that. And, uh, I, I, my prediction is by the end of August, he'll be doing 300, 301 rep maximum on actual um, deadlifts. And so I'm really excited to, to see that journey for him. Don't, don't you wish you, you could get gains like that? Yeah, I just know those days are kind of over. <laughs> but you know, when you're growing that much and you're changing yeah. that well, much, and you're new to the and you're pretty new to the sport, it's it's amazing the gains yeah. you get. But yeah, yeah. as as you get yes, older, you're, I'm, you're more experienced. I'm, it's hard I'm thankful that I still make gains, and you know yeah. that's that's my that's my own journey is that I made gains during the quarantine as well. I actually got stronger. I got actually I, I gained more muscle mass and I and I lost body fat, and so I went exactly the opposite of what a lot of people did. And, and there were a lot of people on that journey with me too, but a lot of people went the opposite way as well. Well, we, and I, I didn't mention it when we were talking about it, but the quarantine, you know, Janet was talking about it, you know, being bad for, um, you know, vitamin D levels and, you know, neurotransmitters, but it's, it's more than that. Um, socially, I, socially, yeah. we, we, oh, yeah. we are people that are meant, we are, we are created to be with other humans. And yeah. that is just the fact And I think, I think the lockdown has had, devastating effects mentally on people oh, and don't physically say, don't, Sean, don't say you think it has there's it research has. Say it has. Yeah. physically mentally and of course physically and i think the damage is way more dangerous than than what the covid19 is and especially if you know your mental and physical health goes down then your immune system goes down and you are at more of a risk for getting an infection so you know correct. it's just that that's just that's basic i mean that's really basic there so if you guys want to follow more of my weight loss journey i wrote a book about it the first chapter about my journey because I, I did have a health issue and that's what changed my life and I changed my um, family's lives because of that and I appreciate that um, that they actually followed my lead and um, I'm proud to say that they did and I'm glad I made that change so I could lead a, half, a healthy life with my family. Um, that book's called Sickened. How the government ruined healthcare, and is it available? It is available on Kindle form on Amazon. Um, download the book and it's got a, you know, it's it's got a. It's basically the same thing we do on this radio show, and we educate and empower individuals 
that they are in charge of their own health care, not a doctor. I mean, a doctor can be a good teacher or a pharmacist can be a good teacher. We can help educate. But ultimately, the individual is in charge of their own health care. And um, the best health insurance that we have is not some kind of policy or some kind of premium that we can buy. The best health insurance we have is how we take care of our bodies. There's a six-step solution in my book on you know, how we can fix, fix health care. And the first one is with you. All of them are with you, but the first one is taking care of your own health. So Shane, in a couple minutes or even less than that, we need to wrap up. What are your parting words? Uh, my parting words, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful to be surrounded by great people. I'm grateful to be on your show. Um, I just, it, the, the journey has been awesome. And I, you know, one of the things I was thinking about today and, and there was a post that I saw on Twitter and I actually responded to it and it was, I can't remember who it was by. It was by a guy I follow who's I think into really healthy eating. Let's just put it that way. And they said, why is it in our society that we think that you can't be healthy at age 50? And it's true. And I, and I thought to myself, I am very grateful and I want to I, I want I want, you know, to tell the difference between, and you just said you're you're proud of your children, you're proud of yourself, and that's good, Sean. There, there's a difference between being proud and being prideful. There's a big difference. A lot of people say that when you say you're proud, that you're egotistical or you're arrogant. And that's not true at all. Go look up at the psychological definition, and and yourself. But I am proud too that I've been able to be healthy enough, and you know, with God's grace, and 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 I have a lot of gratitude there that I can still be healthy at a, at a older age, I guess, as, as I, as I grow and, and be an example to my children and watch them grow as well, watch them develop. And it's just been an amazing journey. And I'm just very, very grateful for it. Very grateful. And I can't wait for Scotty's journey to continue as well. And it's just going to, it's going to be a path of success for him. I know it. For All sure. of my children are going to be, is going to be a path of success, but I, he, because he's had to work twice as hard, and his star is really, really going to shine bright. He's really, really blessed. That's awesome. Well, uh, what a great story. And you know what, Shane? Honestly, 50, and we're just getting started. Seriously. That's how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, some people posted pictures and stuff on that reply that I was talking about. And I posted a picture of me breaking the Idaho State deadlifting record at the age of, of 48. I would have been 48. Um, I'm 49 now. But, it, you know, and it's like there's, already like 25 likes or something in it and some engagements because a lot of people can't believe it. But I see, you know, you see people like Sean Baker, who's almost 54. The guy's an animal. Yeah. The guy, he's a complete animal. Just well, how he in, in, in my race yesterday, I mean, here we are, we're a bunch of 50 year olds. One of the guys that got the guy that got last in my class, he was kind of a little bit upset. And I said, dude, I said, we are 50 years old and we are jumping 20 foot down mountains on a mountain bike. <laughs> I, I said, most people in the world don't do that. And we're 50 so, and doing so, that. So kudos so you to got you. Fourth. Were you in the 50 over 50 division or is yeah, that it was my, it was my first 50 on over the division. Yeah. So the, the guys that beat you were also over 50. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That there's that many. I think that's awesome. It, it goes, it goes to show you if you just get out and move and be active, there are other active people in their forties and fifties. Oh, well, it's incredible. I mean, they finally made a, category this year actually i think it's last year they made a 60 plus category because there are so many i'm um, doing it and in wow. sea otter at cross country at nationals last year in sea otter they had a 70 plus category oh 
I mean, I mean, here it is. A, for downhill a guy, mountain biking? No, not for downhill, for cross oh, okay. country. Okay. But here these guys are, you know, heart rate at maximum intensity for two hours, and they're 70 years old racing on a cross country course. It's That's awesome. It's awesome. It's inspiring. That's why right. I say 50. I'm just getting started. Yeah, you, you don't have to be old and decrepit as you age. I mean, nope. you don't. the quality of life does not have to go down. It's not inevitable. It's not. No, it, it's, it's all it's, in – you're in charge. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, well, hey, well, thank you for being on our podcast. Hey, we really appreciate for being it. On the, thanks for letting me be on the show. And uh, I'm going to give Scotty his kudos as well and say that it went, went well. And thanks for telling his story. Really, really appreciate it. And we'll see all you guys right. soon. All right. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. Uh, catch us Thursday on our uh, pod. I'm sorry, Friday on our podcast. You do not want to miss this one. Remember, Health Solutions is all about health, correct? So, well, guess what? Pets are part of our health. And Friday, we will have Dr. Dick Meyer from the Pioneer Medical from the Pioneer Vet Clinic on our show to talk about how pets are so important for our health and your pet's health. So um, do not want to miss that one. It's 8 o'clock on Friday. Uh, be streaming live on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube. Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We will see you all later. 